0: Who are those guys that won seven to nothing on Tuesday night at home? That never happens, but it does happen when they play the LA Kings. The Sabres win big time, and we got a lot of interesting things to come out of it. Plus, an interview that Kevin Adams did on WGR that we've got to get to. That's coming up here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is presented by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 bet. That's $150. 50 bucks in if your bet wins visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started thanks for joining today's show you can get involved and check us out on our locked on sabers text line join subtext.com slash locked on sabers i've got a question that i asked to the texters that i want to ask to you the rest of the listeners coming up here on the podcast i want to get to some of the uh, things that Kevin Adams had to say when he was on the show up in the Bulldog on Tuesday before the game as well. Talking about the trade deadline. One answer on untouchables that I was not necessarily expecting from Kevin Adams. Doesn't have to be meaningful, but a couple of hints and triggers that we got from Adams that I want to touch upon. And we'll talk about Uka Pekka uh, because this is another great night for UPL where... I see. I'm seeing apology forms kicked around, and I would, you know, be the first one to sign one of those. Can I sign an apology form if I still kind of like the idea of trading him? Can both of those things be true? Uh, but either way, he's been great. And another game here where he was on his game. I don't know how much it would have mattered if he wasn't on his game because Sabres came out firing in this one against the LA Kings. Seven to nothing. Seven nothing. Very reminiscent of uh well the score at least of when they beat the Kings six to nothing last year at home. And I believe in that game, if I remember correctly, they were wearing the black and the red, but don't quote me on that. That this one though was a little bit different in that that game last year where they won six nothing, they didn't really get going until the third period. This one, hey, look at right out of the gates, four minutes and twenty five seconds. Into the game. And there's J.J. Paterka. There's J.J. Paterka. And when you play with the lead, maybe they just looked like they had more confidence throughout the entire game. Whatever happened, they dominated the Kings in this game. I know that some of the advanced numbers at the end of the day, you know, what we really need is neutral situation uh, numbers for hockey. Because you look up and. The Kings had all these chances. They had more expected goals, but so much of that was padding the stats late when the Sabres were five goals, six goals ahead, and they're just kind of coasting to get through the game. They were playing to get UPL the shutout, but if you look at the chances by period, shot attempts by period as well, scoring chances through the second period were 23 for the Sabres, 18 for the Kings. In the third period alone, it was 14 for LA and six for Buffalo. So you go to the end of that and say, oh, five on five scoring chances at the end of this game. It was 32 for LA, fifth, uh, 29 for Buffalo, but that doesn't tell the real story of the game. The Sabres were far and away the better team. They, at one point in the first period, were out chancing them seven to nothing. And the Greenway line with, uh, With Alex Tuck and Casey Middlestat, every time they were on the ice, it felt like they were producing. It felt like they had the puck, that they were, you know, just dominating, and the Kings couldn't get out of their own end. Jordan Greenway comes away as the first star of this game, and he gets his seventh and eighth goals with a two-goal night. You had... Alex Tuck, add an assist. You had Middlestat, add an assist to get their points. Tuck had a goal as well. That line was pretty great. And Greenway did a very, I thought himself, you know, he was, even when he wasn't scoring, a force. They couldn't take him off the puck, especially he if he wanted to go to the net. He was going to the net. And Tuck, masterful for Checker. I've talked about him and his ability in that regard all the time. I think he's one of the best, if not the best, four checker in the NHL. That's exactly how he got his goal in this game to make it six to nothing in the third period. He just strips the guy. He's got such speed and length that the defenseman couldn't handle that. Tuck takes it from him and he walks in and he puts home his fifteenth of the season. You had I know jumping around here in terms of the goal-scoring order, but you had Zach Benson score a really nice goal. How about Zach Benson, his first home goal of the year? We hadn't got to hear that goal song yet, and I was just starting to flirt and wonder and mention the idea of, shouldn't we be asking more of this guy? Like, I know he's only 18 years old, but four goals, that's it? All right, well, now we got five. You can fend that off for a little bit because it was a great goal by Benson. I thought, did anybody else like me, Think he was going to go between the legs again. I really thought he was going to go between the legs again. He did not. That's fine. He still made it on a SportsCenter top 10. That was the seventh best play of the night, according to ESPN. Uh, Bryson, by the way, Jacob Bryson. Weird year for him. He's only played six games. Here's a weird stat for you. The Sabres are 6-0 and when Jacob Bryson is in the lineup. How'd that happen? Why, why is that the case? I don't have an explanation for you because I don't think Jacob Bryson's been all that good in the five games before this that he had played, but they win when he's in the lineup. Maybe you could go with that. I don't know. Bryson, two assists on the night, his first two points of the season. And the second of which was, I mean, he created the Benson goal, head up, realizing the situation, sees and spots Benson down low and slap passes it right on the tape and allows Benson to get to the spot where he scored that goal. So Jacob Bryson, a very strong night from him. I don't know how often you want to expect that, but hey, they're 6-0 when he's in the lineup. And the two other guys, I just kind of want to go through all the goal scorers here that I want to touch on. Rasmus Dahlin scores his 14th goal of the year. He quietly is only one behind Mackenzie Weger for the league lead and goals as a defenseman. Uh, so the saving grace of his season, while the assists have come down, and I think the overall play has regressed a little bit, is he might walk away at the end of the year with more goals scored than any defenseman in the National Hockey League. And that was a good goal by him last night. That wasn't an empty netter. That wasn't just, you know, some luck that went off a leg. Um, he shot that puck and it was a hard shot. He got to it with the right scoring area and he was able to put it behind David Ritch. Want to make sure Riddich was the goalie at that time. Talbot came in in the third period. And then finally Kyle Poso. We've talked about trade value for him and Oposo gets his 11th goal of the season on the power play. He's on pace for 18 goals now and there's got to be a GM Ken Holland where you could call him up and go, "Hey, I know you're headed to the playoffs, we got our captain, so lots of veteran leadership, an 18-goal pace for the season. He could play the power play if you need him to. He could play the penalty kill. He's a good two-way player. He's a physical player. And oh, we needs is like a second or a third-round pick. I'm starting to think that Okposo is going to get one of those higher day two NHL draft picks rather than what? The throwaway six-round pick. Maybe Akposo can fetch a little bit more than that because he is scoring some goals this season. But overall, great game by the Sabres. A great night, I guess, to be in the arena. It was only 13,000, but that's a Tuesday night game with the season going the way it's going. Not that big a surprise. Uh, But on the overall, very strong performance. And the Sabres are now 10 points out of a playoff spot. The Sabres, here's some numbers for you that are going to be unexpected if you haven't seen me uh, point them out already like I did on our text line. uh, Check them out. Join subtext.com. Such Locked on Sabres. Sometimes you get this stuff before the show. Uh, The Sabres have 21 regulation wins on the season. And the Devils, I guess, passed them last night on this because they won after the Sabre game ended. But that is seventh in the Eastern Conference regulation wins. 21. Only New Jersey and Tampa and Florida and Boston and Carolina. Sabres have more regulation wins than Toronto, more than Detroit, more than the Islanders, Washington, Pittsburgh, all of these teams that are in their way to get to a playoff spot. The Sabres have more regulation wins than they do. If you look at the 3-2-1 point system, three points for a regulation win, two points for an overtime win, one point for an overtime loss, which obviously does not exist. I hope the NHL adopts it someday. But if that were what was in place right now, you know where the Sabres would be? They'd be one spot out of the playoffs. They'd only be behind Detroit. They'd be right there. And what that might go to show you is why the Sabres are not one reason why The Sabres are not in a playoff race or in a spot right now. They don't go to overtime. They don't go to overtime. And, you know, for better or worse, the Islanders are way above them in the standings. And they have less regulation wins. But why are they above them? Because the Islanders have 13 overtime losses this year. They have 13 points coming from from those losses. The Sabres have four overtime losses on the year and only two overtime wins. So six overtime games and eight points from games that you had right there at the end of regulation versus the Islanders have been to 18 overtime games and have 23 points from games where they just pushed it to OT. So, you know, that's, that's a weird one, right? That's one where, I guess they don't play close games. Their goal differential, by the way, is also way better than teams like the Islanders and the Capitals and these teams that are just stacking up loser points. Really, Toronto is a team like that as well. Eight overtime losses for them, five overtime wins. That's not me to say that the Sabres are better than all these teams, although you're starting to see some numbers pointed out that they're just as good. Um, I don't know what you want to read into that. Maybe you tell me what you think that could mean because if they had just pushed a few more, even like four or five more of these losses they've had, and just fought their way to get it to OT and still lost the game. They'd be in the race right now, but alas, they are not. And the the most I can do is sit here and complain about it. Time out here when we come back. Lukanen's performance from the Kings game. A question about Lucanin's future that I asked the texters. That I want to read some replies of them and get your thoughts. And also. Kevin Adams' thoughts. Uh, he talked to Chopin the Bulldog. That's coming up as well. On the Locked on Sabres podcast, we are presented by ThanDuel Sportsbook. Football season's over, but that's okay. We still got hockey. The playoffs are not too far away. You got like two months until the playoffs. The playoff races are going to heat up down the stretch. Uh, get And also, of course, you've got the NBA. And you've got college basketball coming not too far either. Get buckets with your first bet on ThanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get $150 of bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You've got a bunch of different options. I love looking at the futures markets. You know, what are odds to win the cup? What are odds to win in a division? And so on and so forth. You also have quick bets, live games, same game parlays, exclusive props, and plenty more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash and shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Welcome back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Be sure to check out Locked On Sports today, the first ever national sports 24 streaming channel on YouTube, and it's now available on Amazon Fire TV in the free Fire TV channels app. And I'm sure uh, they'll be touching on, you know, speaking of the NBA, this LeBron to the Warriors almost happened story uh, from the trade deadline, which is pretty interesting. I'm sure they'll be touching on that and plenty more locked on sports today. Find it on the free fire TV channels app Sabres, seven Kings, nothing. Uh, The Sabres have had a long success over the LA Kings. I believe I heard yesterday that they are 18, three and one in their last 24 home games, uh, or 20, uh, 22 home games against the LA Kings. One of which, a famous regular season win that you might remember when the Sabers won 10 to nothing over the LA Kings in the 0506 season. They showed some highlights of that game uh, during the Sabers and Kings game last night, where uh, my boy Max Finneganoff scored a couple of goals. I believe uh, Jochen Hash had maybe a hat trick, or Dumont had a hat trick in that game. So. They've had success. They just beat the Kings a couple of weeks ago uh, and scored five in a row, four in a row on them, and then scored seven here. So they scored 11 straight against the LA Kings. But besides the scoring, what a performance from Uka 33 shots against, 33 saves in this game. And if you look at some of the advanced numbers, high danger ch- scoring chances in this game, 10 all turned away by Uka So, high danger chances. He there, they were there. They had their shots. They had their chances. And it's why, at the end of the game, you look at expected goals for in this game, 3.66 for the LA Kings. That's a big number. You hear me often throw out the stats of goals saved above expected, right? And how... Lukanen, I think the last time I told you about Lukanen for this, he was somewhere in the 20s in terms of his rank on the season. Goals saved above expected per 60 minutes, or just in total, um, same thing. He had been on that number like a legit number one. Not like one of the best in the league, but a legit number one inside the top 32. And in one night, he is able to vault himself much higher it depends where you look. I guess some sites have this a little bit different. But I saw – I'm going to trust Chad on this because Chad Diedemannis expected Buffalo knows more about the stuff than I do. And I'm going to trust his tweet about how Lukanen is inside the top 10 now for goals saved above expected. And last night, of course, impacted that a lot. You also have numbers out there where since December 1st – I'll make sure it's December 1st, not January 1st. Uh, yes. Since December 1st, Lukanen is the number one goalie in the league at goals saved above expected. He's been awesome. He's been great. Now... Oh, what else from last night's game? Really anything? I guess the, the players helped him out a lot too. Dylan Cousins diving in front of a shot with 10 seconds to go to try to get Lucan in that shutout. Um, They really wanted it for him. And he was able to pull it home and got his fourth of the year. That's the most sense. Ryan Miller, Ryan Miller is the last Sabre goalie to have four or more shutouts in a season. And Lucan has done that. So of knowing me, naturally, where do I want? Where do I take this conversation? Well, I'm very intrigued by Lukanen and what to do with Lukanen because I don't know how easy a decision it is, given the season that he's having. And might think, well, hey, we got our goalie of the future. That's it. This guy is the guy. He's going to be their number one going forward. If Levi turns out, great, but we don't even need him anymore. That's typically not how I think about goaltender. I think goalie, and there's a lot of evidence to back this up, is typically a season to season thing. There are a lot of goalies in the league that have years like Lukanen is having, and then the next year they don't do much at all. But then maybe the next year after that they're a Vesna candidate, and then they kind of have a good year, and then they go back to having a bad year. Like most goalies, most are very up and down. Even the guys that you know you think of as consistent, the guys you think of as all time great, look at Mark Andre Fleury. And save percentage isn't perfect, but look at his save percentage by season. And look at look at him. Uh, go backwards in time even. Let's start with this year, a 900 save percentage. You know he's older and that's not that great. Uh, before that, though, a 908 with Minnesota. Not bad, right? But still not great. Before that, a 928 with Vegas. Holy cow, look how good Fleury was. What was the year before that? A uh, 905. It's more like, uh, you know almost like a good backup. Uh is a 905. Uh before that, uh 913, that's about average. Before that, 927. Whoa, Vesna votes. Uh what was Flurry the year before that? His final year in Pittsburgh, uh 909. Hmm. That's not that's not that that's not that great. How about Jonathan Quick for this by the way? Jonathan Quick, let's look at his career and how up and down he's been because he's going to the Hall of Fame for sure. And you know, let's look back at his Kings days. Let's go back to his Kings days. He in his final year at the Kings. Uh All right, here it is, Uh, 882. Whoa, one of the worst goalies in hockey. Horrible. Get rid of him for nothing. Year before that, 910. At that point in time, you're going to go, okay, John Quick, you had a bad year. He's figuring it out, right? 910. What was the year before the 910? 898. Horrible. Terrible. One of the worst in hockey. Before that, 904. No, he's okay, but no, that's like backup territory. Before that, 888. Terrible. Before that, 921. Vesna votes. This is what goalie is for most guys. If you are doing what Lukanen is doing this season on a year-to-year-to-year basis, you're one of the best goalies in hockey. You're one of the most valuable goalies in hockey. And maybe Lukanen is that. It's possible. He is that talented. If this were, you know, like Carter Hutton is another name to, to talk about here. Carter Hutton led the league in save percentage one year after a couple of years as a backup. And then the Sabres paid him. That was probably not going to be L- Hutton year to year. There was no chance Carter Hutton was going to be that goalie that he was in his final year with the Blues for the Sabres. There was no chance. Because you knew it by looking at his age and his skill set, his talent level, the guy was in his 30s already. And he had never done that. And he wasn't a highly thought of prospect back in the day in the first place. So Hutton, that one was easy. You knew he wasn't what he was with the Blues. Lukanen... There's a chance this is him because he was one of the best goalie prospects in the world once upon a time. He is six foot five. He is super athletic. He is still very young and only 24 years old for goalie. That's very young. There is a chance. This is Lukanen. I might want to bet against that and see what you can fetch. I want to see if you can get that top four defenseman. Um, I asked this to the listeners and I would say on the text line, it was funny I, I tweeted this to try to sell the text line a little bit to get you guys to sign up, uh, because I think we have a lot of fun with it. And back to back text that I tweeted out the screenshot of, and um, you can uh, you can check it out on Twitter at Locked On Sabers. What well, first text is trade UPL now exclamation point? The text right below that UPL goalie of the future. You have a lot of fans in different camps, but it is more stacked towards goalie of the future. I asked straight up, which fan are you? UPL goalie of the future or values high trade UPL right now 78% said trade uh UPL goalie of the future 22% said values high trade him now I lean towards the trade but I'm not trading him just to trade him I'm only trading him if I'm getting something very important back um and I don't know how likely that is I don't want to just assume that that could be true it also for me is there are number one goalies that could be available. In fact, yesterday, Elliot Friedman, I'll do a full show on this guy, but Elliot Friedman said, UC Saros is available in Nashville. They are clearing the decks for Askarov, their star Russian goalie prospect. That's about ready to take over. And Saros has been one of these guys that I've I've talked about. He's even above flurry and quick for consistency. This year has been like his first down year, but For seven years in a row, Saros has played at top-level number-one goalie production. This year's been his first down year. And now Askarov is pushing the the door open, so maybe it's time for Saros to move on. That guy is more secure, more likely to have what the season Lukin is having right now next year to me. So it's tough to pull off. It's easier said than done. These trades might not be out there. but. The idea in my head that I can't get out of it is use Lucanin to go get my top four defensemen and then trade prospects to go get UC Saros. And I go Saros and Levi is the shortest goalie combination you've ever seen in your life, but a very talented one in that. That's the idea. That's the mindset that I like to have when it comes to players. It's, you know, a little robotic, right? It's more, you know, asset management than it is personalities and you know, these guys are being real humans, but that's what I would be thinking about, is can I maximize Vucanen's value right now when his contract is coming up? All this being said, though, we could talk about this and debate this until we're blue in the face. The most likely outcome, by a lot, I think, is the Sabres are going to give Vucanen a bridge contract. They're going to give him like a two- or a three-year deal this offseason when he hits restricted free agency. They won't give him the seven-year deal. They won't give him the giant long-term extension. They probably won't trade him either. He'll probably be on the team next year as the number one, which is completely fine by me, and he'll be, uh, I think, on a shorter-term contract. And he's earned it. Last night, another one to show that uh, he has earned it. What did Kevin Adams had to say yesterday with Shope and the Bulldog? We'll break that down when we come back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We're presented by Sleeper. Uh, Check out the Sleeper app. We are past the halfway point of the year, and it's not that fun right now. Well out of a playoff spot. Ten points, in fact. But regardless of where those standings are at, I want to remind you, you can win big by playing daily fantasy hockey on Sleeper, the official daily fantasy app of the Locked on NHL Network. Sleeper, our number one choice for daily fantasy sports, and especially daily fantasy hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in daily fantasy hockey contests. Check out different players. You can check out Sabres players like Skinner or like Tuck or like Oposo even if you want or studs around the league. Ovechkin with this goal streak or McDavid getting six assists last night and pick whether those players will record more or less than their Sleeper projections for things like goals, assists, saves, plus, minus, and more in a given game. To win 100 times your bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of Eight-player stats. You heard me. You can win a hundred times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with sleepers. To so start paying attention, nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use the promo code Locked On NHL. You'll get to a up to a one hundred dollar match. You will get, uh yeah, up to a hundred dollar match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code Locked On NHL. See sleepers terms of use for details and locational availability. Final segment here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Kevin Adams before the trade deadline. And maybe we'll even get Adams on the show and he'll talk again before the deadline as we're a little we're under a month away until we get there. And there's still some things to I think be determined. How close will the Sabres be by then? Have they gone on a win streak by then? Probably not, given the, the way the season's gone. Um but Adams getting asked about, you know, the things you'd expect. And all fair, you know, he got asked about Kyle Oposo and, like, whether he'd have a conversation with him before being traded. him. I do want to point out, Adams did not shut down that idea that we wouldn't trade Oposo. He's the captain. He means too much to these guys. I don't think we'd go there. No, he he said the thing that you would say when you're open to it, which is we'd have to sit down with Oposo and Paprasan, his agent, and if he wanted to go somewhere, then we would try to make that happen for him. So he left that up to Okposo, and we'll see what Okposo wants to do, whether he wants to just stay at his home with his family for a couple more months um, to ride out his, his career, or if he wants to take one last shot at a Stanley Cup. We also heard Adams on Casey Middlestat, and he denied the report from Andrew Peters that they're shopping Casey Middlestat. I would expect that. I think the word shopping is always for eternity going to get met from sports general managers with – We're not shopping this guy, because shopping implies you're calling team after team after team after team. And it's very easy to deny that, because even Adams kind of said it. He basically said, we're having conversations about Middlesat, but he just wants you to know. He wants Middlesat really, to know. We're not picking up the phone, 15 teams, one after the other, trying to find somebody that will take this guy off our hands. You know, they could be the, the team that's getting called about Middlestat, which I could fully believe if I'm a team that's looking at their cap situation and their contracts and figuring out who I want to trade for. So he didn't shut down the idea of trading Middlestat, just the idea that they are shopping him. And he also threw in there that they'd like to get a contract done, but I think that's just something you say in case the trade you want doesn't work out. Um, this is me guessing at a little bit of what Adams meant by things he said but he said that they'll listen on guys when asked about middlestat so it kind of sounds like they are listening on middlestat middlestat has said they haven't talked contract yet Adams is saying we would like to do a contract he also said not interested in futures good to hear it out of the horse's mouth right we had heard reports about it um that that was true that they don't want future pieces they don't want picks they don't want prospects they have enough of that but it was nice to hear that from Adams. He said, not interested in futures. That's what he said when I'm going show the Bulldog. Good. That's, that's step one. This is why, though, you have to say the thing about, well, we'd like to do a contract with Casey because the middle stat trade is not going to be an easy one. That's going to be a hockey trade. And I don't know how long the list of teams is that they'll be able to pull that off with because let's play it out. Adams wants to trade Middlestat, So let's say, for a top-four defenseman. That's a hockey trade. That's a trade where you're pulling something back. You're not getting futures. And you look around the league, and let's say, I don't know, let's say that the Canucks have the guy you're looking for. I just picked them out. I don't even know who the guy is. But you call Vancouver, and they like Middlestat a lot. They would like him. They want him. And Or let's say Vancouver calls them and says, well, we like Middlestat. What are you looking for? And Adams says – Well, we really want to make a hockey trade here. We want to. We want a top four defenseman. Think of now you're the Vancouver GM. How do you answer that? Because if you're the Vancouver GM, why are you calling the Sabers about Casey Middlestat? Because you're in first place in your division. You're headed for the playoffs, and you want to add to make your team better in order to make a deep run. A team like that is not giving the sabers right now a 20 plus minute a night defenseman. They're not doing it. It would be unless they're so deep on the blue line that it's like ridiculous that they've got like a number a number 3 defenseman that can't crack the lineup. I just don't think they have an easy time finding a team to make a trade like this with during the season, which means you go into the off season maybe having to do a deal with Middlestad because you haven't found that trade yet. Right now, I think the teams you have to focus on for this, the Sabres, if they're going to make a middle stat trade like that before the end of the year, I think the group of teams you have to look at and pick out are the teams that are not in playoff spots. That's who I think you've got to look at. And for that, you could just end up waiting till the offseason and having the groundwork laid for that. Um, but that's what I think you need. You need to find a, playoff t- a non-playoff team that has a lot of good defensemen, or has one that's disgruntled for some reason or wants to be offloaded. I've pointed to Calgary and Rasmus Anderson in the past. I think value-wise, that kind of lines up with Middlestat, but my problem there is Calgary has a really tough time, keep getting guys to stay, and I think they would be hesitant to take on Middlestat because if I, I don't think Middlestat would want to stay there long-term why would he um but if he calgary got indication different from him i guess that could work a guy like rasmus anderson i just don't think the team really works there but call minnesota call arizona call anaheim call san jose um let's ottawa montreal pittsburgh these are all teams where i think that's who you're really talking to and then maybe after the year you can expand that out where all right now now you call vancouver back and maybe Vancouver's more open to doing the defenseman for forward trade in the offseason because they have another avenue to replace the defenseman they're trading for middle stat of free agency or another trade or uh, or whatnot. So that was interesting on middle stat. The last thing I want to say on what Adams had to say with Chopin uh, the Bulldog. I did not expect him to answer this the way he did, but Bulldog asked him, Whether he's got like a list of untouchables at this point in time. And Adams basically said no. That where they're at in the standings, you have to be open to anything. And I was at least expecting he'd say Darlene. And I don't think they'll trade Darlene. They just paid him. It made me think about Tage. It made me think about Cousins. It made me think about even talk a little bit, although I just did a show the other day on how stay away vultures. You're not getting them. It made me think about those guys because I still think it's super unlikely, but to say we've got no untouchables, maybe that's just a message. Maybe that's just the thing you say. Um, that sounds to me like that GM's open for business and he knows they've got to make a trade and he's not closed to anything uh, when it comes to that. So good. Right? Like good. A, a team with results like this doesn't deserve untouchables if we're being real about it. All right. That's going to do it for us today here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. A 7-0 win over the LA Kings. Next up, uh, the Panthers. Sam Reinhardt returns. We'll talk about Reinhart because he's having an insane season. And there's a good case to be made that he's the Selkie. Should be the Selkie winner this year as well. So we'll talk Florida. We'll talk more about this trade stuff. Your reaction to some of this as well. Uh, head up. Uh, to our uh, text line, subtext.com slash Lockdown Sabres. You sign up there, and then everything's on your phone from there on. Uh, Check out Lockdown Sports today on YouTube, the first ever 24-7 streaming channel. It's now available on Amazon Fire TV and the free Fire TV channels app. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow on game day for Sabres and Panthers here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.